from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Monday edition of Washington Watch. So glad that you have uh, tuned in. Well, coming up, Iranian officials say they are now capable of making a nuclear bomb. They've just not decided whether or not they'll do it. The question is, is this more Iranian bluster enticing the Biden administration to give them more concessions in the effort to restart the Iranian nuclear deal? Also, what were the takeaways from President Biden's Middle East trip? under a lot of fire for your fist bump with the crown prince. So I, I just want to give you a chance to respond to that. But also, how can you be sure that another incident, another murder like Jamal Khashoggi's won't happen again? God love you. What a silly question. How could I possibly be sure of any of that? I just made it clear. If anything occurs like that again, they'll get that response and much more. If anything like that happens again, they'll get that response and much more. They'll get what? A fist bump? Uh, we'll talk about it with Florida Congressman Mike Waltz, a member of the House Armed Services Committee. And Republicans, Republican attorneys general scored another victory on Friday when a federal judge in Tennessee blocked the Biden administration's efforts to erase the lines of gender in education and sports. We'll talk with the attorney general of Montana, Austin Knudsen, in just a little bit. And this aberrant focus on transgendering America has not been limited to schools. The Biden administration has spent $1.5 million in producing transgender programming curriculum for inmates in federal prisons. Now, the question is, how might this turn out? Well, we don't have to look too far. Here's a headline from Fox News over the weekend. Quote, transgender woman who impregnated two inmates removed from New Jersey female prison. Now, let me give you the translation. A man masquerading as a woman who impregnated two female inmates, has now been removed from the state's only female prison. We'll talk about that with Congressman Greg Stubbe, a member of the House Judiciary Committee. And as families continue to struggle with inflation at record levels, as well as gas prices at record highs, what is the Democratic leadership here in Washington focused on? Well, we've been talking about it. They've been focused on abortion, transgendering America, and now they want to add to that with a vote this week to try and codify into law the 2015 Supreme Court decision redefining marriage. Kena Gonzalez, Senior Director of Government Affairs here at FRC, will have an update for us in a little bit. All right, and finally, what did schools do with the COVID-19 relief funds that were supposed to be used to keep the doors open? That's just one of the many education topics we'll cover with Meg Kilgannon, Senior Fellow for Education Studies here at the Family Research Council, so you want to stick around for that. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, so I encourage you to visit that site as well as WashingtonStand.com, where you'll find news and commentary from a biblical perspective. And speaking of the Bible, our word for today comes from our Stand on the Word Bible reading plan, and it's found in Psalm 50, verse 15. Here it is. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Now, this coming, this promise coming in the context of a passage where God challenged those who were going through the motions of religion. He said this promise is to those who will genuinely worship him. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. You can also join me each morning, Monday through Friday at 844 a.m. Eastern time for a daily devotion based upon the reading plan. That can be found at TonyPerkins.com or on my Facebook page. The price of oil surged to more than $100 a barrel today after President Biden left the Middle East without securing Saudi Arabia's commitment to increase oil production, a trip that drew criticism from Republicans and Democrats alike. And in other news from the region, yesterday a senior advisor to the Iranian Supreme Leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, said that Iran is te- technically capable of making a nuclear bomb, but is debating whether to actually build one. With me now to talk about this and more is Congressman Mike Waltz. He's a member of the House Armed Services Committee and a decorated Special Forces officer. He serves as the 6th Congressional District Congressman from the state of Florida. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be with you, Tony. Thanks. So, Mike, let's start with President Biden's trip to Saudi Arabia. It doesn't seem like uh, it was very popular, even with his own party. And it doesn't seem like we um, he's coming home with much of a um, much to uh, to talk about. Yeah, Tony, I think this is what happens when you just kind of muddle and 
fuddle around in the middle, which is sadly what uh, the commander in chief was doing abroad. I mean, by my estimation, he had two uh, main objectives. One uh, was to get the Saudis to pump more oil. And at the end of, you know, all the speculation, the end of him getting beat up by the progressives uh, over uh, the Saudi human rights uh, issue, uh, he still walked away with no no additional agreement. The Saudis basically said, we'll think about it and we'll talk to OPEC about it in a couple of weeks, which is uh, is just malfeasance on the part of his staff and, and, and again, is just showing weak leadership abroad. But the bigger piece, Tony, is Iran. Uh, Iran is marching towards a nuclear weapon. Remember, you have to have a missile, uh, the ability to put it on a warhead, and the actual fissile material, uh, which they have been marching towards uh, for years. The Trump administration pulled us out of the disastrous deal that had very little ver verification and didn't address the warhead and the missile components. Uh, in, in order to apply maximum pressure, uh, now they're they're this close to uh, a nuke uh, because Biden refused to continue applying maximum pressure. And why should the American people care? Well, one, you're seeing what Putin is getting away with under the threat of a nuclear umbrella and uh, deterrence there. And then two, if Iran declares they have an operational nuke, the rest of the Middle East. Uh, will want one as well. And we will have a nuclear arms race in the Middle East. And God help us all uh, if the Saudis, the Turks, uh, and half the Gulf states all want them. And then God help Israel uh, as well. So this has to be stopped. The Israelis were very clear. All options are on the table. Uh, I wish Biden had been clear as well, because I think the military deterrence option is about the only thing the Supreme Leader might might listen to at this point. So, Congressman Walsh, let me ask you this. Do you believe what they say, that they're right there, just weeks away from being able to uh, put all the materials together to develop the nuclear bomb? Yeah, so that's a little bit unclear, Tony. And, and without getting into any in the classified realm, uh, they have been marching towards being able to basically test uh, a, a, a nuclear weapon. That is still uh, different than being able to miniaturize it and get it onto an operational, accurate uh, ICBM or even short-range rocket. And that's those latter pieces are kind of in the classified space. But I will can say this. They are very close, uh, and they are marching towards having a fully operational weapon. And the question is, what is Biden going to do about it except throwing money at the problem, which is their default reaction? that the Iranians would happily take, happily pump uh, into their terrorist networks, happily send to Moscow to buy more uh, sophisticated Russian weaponry that some future American pilot or Israeli pilot may have to deal with and still fully develop their nuclear well, weapons. Well, well, I, I want to ask you, what would be the benefit of us at this point, now that they say they're just weeks away, if they want to do it, they can do it, is what they're saying. What would be the benefit... Yeah to enter into an agreement with them, release what sanctions are on there, give them more cash, when we know we can't trust them? <laughs> because <laughs> that's, the, that's the entire fallacy of the Biden administration's approach. They trust our adversaries. Uh, you know, they, they take uh, what they say at face value with very little oversight. If you look at the original Iran deal, you had to notify the Iranians uh, a month in advance before you come to do an inspection, and then they wouldn't let us even go inspect the military sites. Uh, the U.N. has since found they violated it left, right, and center. The Israelis uh, did it through intelligence means and then taking action on their own, covert action, to at least delay the program. What we need is answers from the Biden administration, and I think the only thing uh, the, the Supreme Leader, the Ayatollahs, are going to listen to at this point is a credible uh, threat of force. I want to be clear. No one wants military action. No one wants uh, a war in the Middle East. But we also can't live in a world where the Iranian uh, regime has nukes. And Biden, on, I mean, excuse me, and Tony, on top of that, uh, that's also supporting the Israelis and our allies in giving them the weaponry that they've been asking for, and Biden hasn't been giving them. Congressman, I want to ask you about these uh, increasing relationships between Putin. You made reference to uh, his trip to Iran, uh, as well as his working with China. Are we seeing the development of new axes of evil? 
Oh, we absolutely are. Uh, the, the Chinese are buying more Iranian oil than ever. Uh, the Iranians are looking at exporting armed drone technology to the Russians. Uh, and and, and you know, meanwhile, we're just showing weakness on the world stage. And right to the east of Iran is a Taliban terrorist superstate. Uh, and and you know, Iran's been housing key members of al-Qaeda for years. So you have multiple axes that, one, threaten to wipe Israel off the face of the map. But two, uh, you really have the solidifying of a new axis of evil. Uh, and meanwhile, you have Biden uh, offering defense cuts when you account uh, inflation. It's just it's just absurd. Uh, and it should make every American uh, afraid, frankly, uh, because this is the, the, the world is, is spinning off into a very dangerous direction. I think Congressman Waltz, as I, as I see it, and, and I, please, uh, I'm asking you, you're the expert on this, but it appears that, as you said, it's spinning. It's about to spin out of control, but I think we're not quite there yet. Is there intervention? What three steps could be taken to begin to get a handle on this situation to keep what we're fearful of happening in the Middle East? Yeah, well, number one, uh, I, I think we need to start talking about secondary sanctions on Chinese firms that are supporting Russia uh, and that are helping Iran evade uh, and helping North Korea uh, evade our existing sanctions. You know, the thing the Chinese Communist Party cares about the most is its wallet and its control over its people. Uh, and while we still have the largest economy, we need to use that leverage. But instead, we have Biden threatening to lift tariffs, uh, not even asking about COVID origin and, to and turning a blind eye to, to Chinese Communist Party aggressiveness. They are the muscle and the money behind a lot of this. And then secondly, uh, we need to make it very clear with Israel uh, that all options are on the table. And when we say Iran cannot have a nuke, uh, we mean it. Uh, and that they see that the Iranian regime will see more downside to declaring a nuclear weapon than upside. Uh, I think those two things will be key. And then finally, I I've been fully supportive of Ukraine. Uh, they are doing the fighting and dying uh, against the Russian army and really taking them off the table as a viable military threat. Uh, but uh, we also need real oversight of the taxpayer dollars that are being spent. And I'm increasingly concerned the Biden administration aren't putting the measures in place to understand where those billions that we're pouring into Ukraine are going. And, of course, that's uh, resources that could be used uh, elsewhere in building up our own military. Congressman Mike That's Waltz, right. always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on this uh, Monday afternoon. Okay. Thank you, Tony. God bless. All right. Congressman Mike Waltz of, uh, of Florida. You know, folks, another reason to be praying. We live in a very dangerous world. We need to be praying for our leadership, quite frankly. I talked about this yesterday. I was at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Great church. Gary Hamrick, the pastor there. And, you know, I pray for the president almost every day. I pray that he would make the right decisions so that we might live a peaceful and quiet life. And um, based upon the path this administration is pursuing, and it's anything but peaceful and quiet, we are in trouble. And we need to be praying for the right decisions coming out of this administration. Well, speaking of that, coming up, a federal judge has ruled the Biden administration overstepped its bounds with its gender inclusion guidelines for schools. This could be quite significant. We're going to talk about it next with one of the attorneys general from Montana. Don't go away. We're back with more after this. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible.
1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with the prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose. Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. By the way, tomorrow, the state of Maryland holds its primary elections for the 2022 midterm. Now, we're in that midterm or primary season, so I want to encourage you, be sure you're ready to vote. If you're in Maryland and you need to know who's on the ballot and where they line up on the issues, go to frcaction.org and check out voter resources. We've got a iVoter Guide connection there for you. All right, a federal judge in Tennessee has temporarily blocked the gender identity guidelines issued last year by President Biden's Education Department. Now, the court sided with a coalition of 20 Republican state attorneys general in saying that the Biden administration overreached with its directives on girls' sports, pronouns, locker rooms, and bathrooms. Now, this decision is particularly relevant in light of the proposed radical rewrite of Title IX that the Biden administration put out formally last week. Joining me now to discuss this and more is one of the attorney generals in the lawsuit, Montana uh, Attorney General Austin Knudsen. Uh, Attorney General Knudsen, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me. Well, first off, congratulations uh, on this court ruling. Um, Let me ask you, did you anticipate this result from the lawsuit? We did. You know, we felt we were on very solid footing on this one. Uh, and, and frankly, the, the administration went too far. I, I think they knew they went too far. They, had, they kind of admitted as much that this was a wholesale change in rulemaking. Uh, but when you look at Bostock, I mean, whatever you think about Bostock, the Bostock court was very clear. And the court specifically said, we do not apply this ruling to other states having to do with locker rooms and bathrooms and exactly the kind of issues that the Department of Education tried to foist on us anyway here. So uh, I, I think we were on good footing here, and I think the court the court here got this one right. Let me get you to explain that to our viewers and listeners. Bostock was a case dealing with Title VII, which was employment law. The Biden administration looking for anything and everything they can to expand their agenda agenda use that to try to force schools to read to kind of redefine gender uh, in in terms of what's happening at the level of schools across the country. Is that correct? Yeah, that's basically right. Bostock was a case. Well, back up. Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act just says you can't discriminate against an employee on the basis of sex. Okay, what the Bostock ruling said in 2020 is the, the, the Supreme Court basically read in your, your sexual orientation and, and possible transgenderism with that, your, your gender identity. Agree with that, don't agree with that. That ruling was specifically only for Title VII and employment law. So you're, you're exactly right. 
And what the what the Biden administration did here, despite a clear warning from the Supreme Court not to do so, they used it as a as as a leverage point and a wholesale expansion into education law, uh, which gets us into Title IX of the Education Amendments Act, which is what they tried to do here. And, and General Knudsen, again, grateful for the Republican attorneys general that are standing guard and have been filing many suits against the overreach of this administration. This ruling, this ruling uh, that came out on Friday, does this only apply to the 20 states that were in the lawsuit? It does. Uh, my reading of the judge's order, and I've been through it with a pretty fine tooth comb, uh, it, it only applies to the plaintiff states. This was not a nationwide injunction. Uh, so, I, I mean, we're we're very thankful we got the states on board that we did. Uh, you know, I, I wish there had been some more. But, yeah, I think the, the judge's order makes it pretty clear. This is this is just for the states who were involved in this lawsuit. So we'll we'll see where this goes. You know, let's let's talk about that, because this is a temporary block on the implementation. But what are the next steps? Well, I think very likely what happens here is the Department of Education and the Biden administration will appeal this. Uh, that'll be in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, generally a, 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 a quite fair circuit. Uh, I think we'll get a good hearing there, and we'll, we'll we'll see what the justices in that circuit decide they want to do. And, you know, depending on outcome there, I, I think very likely this ends up at the U.S. Supreme Court, as we've seen with so many of these important cases that, that as you said, a Republican attorneys general like myself are pushing under the Biden administration. This that this is what we're having to resort to. This this is kind of the the, the last tool in our toolbox to fight this this sort of just blatant overreach from the Biden administration is we have to sue them. Uh, and we've shown we're willing to do that. And, and of course, most of these uh, 20 states have uh, passed legislation protecting women's sports. So this has very practical, immediate implications for your states. But this has uh, broader implications if this goes through the courts all the way to the Supreme Court, as you suggest, it could. And the court continues with this ruling that this is an overreach, uh, stretching the Bostock decision, this could have implications for the uh, Title IX rules that were just issued last week by the Biden administration because they do essentially the same thing based upon the same shaky legal ground. It absolutely does. And I, what, what I think probably ties in even more, the, you know, we, we had an EPA ruling come out of the U.S. Supreme Court just in the, within the last two weeks that also made it very clear that the court was not going to look kindly on uh, agencies promulgating rules under the Administrative Procedures Act without following notice and comment period. And I think we've certainly shown that in this case, that's exactly what happened. Um, so I, I think you're right. I think we're going to see uh, a, a U.S. Supreme Court that's not going to look at this, the, uh, at this case very favorably, uh, nor at cases like it very favorably. But, uh, you know, like I said, with it's going to depend on what the Sixth Circuit does first. I, mm -hmm. I hate to get the cart too far in front of the horse. Sure, but uh, I mean we got to we got to use what's before us. And you've got you attorney, the attorneys general have taken a stand on this issue based upon the law. Very quickly, uh, General Knudsen, just about uh, out of time here, but we're on uh, probably about a dozen stations there in Montana. Have you heard from your constituents on issues like boys competing in girls sports? This is a very hot topic in Montana. Absolutely. We, we, we did have legislation go through our state legislature last year, carried by my good friend, Representative John Fuller, longtime educator, uh, Marine, Marine veteran of Vietnam. Uh, and it's, it was the Save Women's Sports Act. This is a hot issue in Montana. And now because of this ruling, that law stands. Uh, and it's, it's, not, it's not okay for transgender boys to compete against girls and women in Montana. Well, again, uh, General, congratulations, and we appreciate the leadership that all the Republican attorneys general are playing and providing right now in uh, being a backstop to stop this administration's overreach. Good to have you on the program you today. Bet. Thanks. All right, folks, here's a headline from Fox News over the weekend. Transgender woman who impregnated two inmates removed from New Jersey female prison. Now, I'm going to interpret that. I'm going to translate it. This is nonsense, but I'm going to translate it next here on Washington Watch. So don't go away. We'll be back with more Washington Watch right after this. Are you a university student? 
Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Okay, a transgender female inmate, that is a man pretending to be a woman, impregnated two women while incarcerated in New Jersey's only female prison. Now, he's recently been moved to a new facility, according to the Department of Corrections there. Now, you may be mocked or canceled for believing this, but you know what? Biology matters. So... I'm not sure why anyone is surprised that pregnancies and worse, such as rapes and assaults, occur when you place biological male convicts in women's prisons. Now, last year, the Biden administration spent nearly $1.5 million to produce a transgender programming curriculum for federal prisons. But maybe it didn't include this lesson. Join me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Greg Stubbe. He's a member of the House Judiciary Committee and the House Foreign Affairs Committee and represents the 17th Congressional District of Florida. Congressman Stubbe, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to see you. All right, before I jump into this nonsense, we were just discussing uh, with the Montana Attorney General Knutson the success in Tennessee on Friday where a federal judge put a halt to the, the uh, dear colleague instruction coming from the Biden administration as it pertained to women's sports. You have a discharge position, uh, petition uh, that you're trying to get a vote on a bill that would, in fact, protect women's sports all across the country. How's that going? Yeah, we're almost to 200 signatures on that bill. Uh, we're trying to get all the Republicans sign on because, of course, Democrats aren't going to sign a bill that would actually protect women's sports because they care more about the half of 1% of trans athletes out there that want to play in sports that they're not biological sex in and completely demolish uh, Title IX athletic activities. So we're we're getting closer. Uh, I'm certainly not uh, hopeful that we're going to get any Democrats to join us, so we won't get to the 218 that we need to have a vote on the House floor. But Leader McCarthy and uh, the Republicans, when we take the House back in November and get the gavels in January, he has um, specifically said that that will be one of the bills that will that will be done very quickly after we take the majority. And I think finally the American people will get to see where their member of Congress is on this important piece, piece of legislation. And I don't really care what your political affiliation is. Uh, women out there deserve the opportunity under Title IX that was created 50 years ago to compete in their own athletic activities. And if you allow biological men to compete in women's sports, then there's no sense in having women's sports under Title IX. Absolutely right. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense, but that never stopped anyone up here. 
Now, let me ask you about this. Republicans take control. Are we going to see items like this scrubbed from the budget, a million and a half dollars on a transgender programming curriculum for federal prisons? I mean, why is that a priority when, you know, Americans are facing uh, these record high inflation rates, fuel prices through the roof, and this government continues to pursue abortion, transgendering America, and, of course, we're going to talk about in a minute, they want to codify the 2015 court decision uh, redefining marriage. What's going on here? That absolutely is our our strongest tool when we take the majority back to be able to rein in uh, a completely progressive, non-mainstream, anti-American agenda that is the Biden administration. The House holds the purse strings under the Constitution. So when we take the majority back, we absolutely need to rein in the spending, and we can accomplish policy goals through the appropriations process. For example, uh, immigration, naturalization, and border control, we can put riders on our amendments and on our appropriations bills that says not a single dollar of this fund shall be used to allow an illegal immigrant to come into our country. Uh, in the military funding, we can say not a single dollar of this fund should be for CRT training in our military or transgenderism in our military or vaccine mandates in our military. So we can accomplish policy objectives through the appropriations process. And that's really going to be the real way that we can accomplish policy goals because it's the the real only tool that that we'll have, even if we take the House and the Senate, because you still have Biden in the White House. We control the purse strings, so we should determine how the money's spent in this country. And that will uh, box in a lot of these liberal policies from the Biden administration. You know, I I know your family have background in, in law enforcement. I mean, should we be surprised if we put men who are masquerading as women into women's prison that inmates turn up pregnant? Uh, Not surprising at all. And I'm sure these inmates know that if they quote unquote identify as a woman, that they're going to get placed into these facilities in states like California and other states that recognize the ability for people to do this. So if you're a, a, a felon and a convict, and you're a male and you want to be with a bunch of females, you just simply say, I want to identify with a woman. And it doesn't take much common sense to see and forecast that something like this is going to happen and you're going to have rapes in your women prisons. Uh, Reasonable people obviously wouldn't allow this to occur, but we are in a different world today where we have the Biden administration running things as it relates to our federal prison system in liberal states that are allowing this to happen. And you're going to see exactly these type of things occur with those type of policies in place. It's it's insane. It really is. Uh, Grant, good to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. You too, sir. Anytime. All right. Greg Stubbe. 17th Congressional District of Florida. The the three states that currently allow this, uh, New Jersey, uh, Massachusetts, and California, this is, um, you know, there's a line at which this make-believe world which they've created has real-world consequences and people get hurt. And, And I think, you know, we're just kind of on the the threshold of this, I mean, we've seen it. It went back to the, the Obama administration, but fortunately the Trump administration pushed the pause button on it, and, it, and the Obama administration is really fast. I mean, the Biden administration really fast-forwarding it and speeding it up, trying to make up for lost time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy the lives of a generation of, of young people whose minds are being twisted in our schools. We must stand up for truth. We cannot, we cannot sit on the sidelines and allow governments to do this. All right, don't go away. More Washington Watch after this. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. 
Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch, the website TonyPerkins.com. Be sure and visit that site as well as WashingtonStand.com, where you'll find news and commentary from a biblical perspective. As I mentioned earlier, as families continue to struggle with record inflation and high gas prices, what is the Democratic leadership here in our nation's capital focused on? Well, I mean, for the last, uh, I don't know, Four weeks, it's been uh, focused like a laser on abortion. Of course, they've been trying to transgender America since the Biden administration came into office. And now, now they want to add to that a vote to try to codify into law the 2015 Supreme Court decision redefining marriage. I, I find this kind of interesting. You know, for years, they've let the courts do their business. And now that we have justices who actually recognize we have a constitution and stick to it, they all of a sudden realize we need to pass this. We need to codify it into law. Well, that's what they're trying to do this week. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Kena Gonzalez, Senior Director of Government Affairs here at the Family Research Council. Kena, welcome back to the program. Great to be with you, Tony. Okay, so uh, tell us about an effort this week to codify into law the 2015 Supreme Court decision that redefined marriage. It's amazing. You pointed it out, Tony, in the, in the midst of so many crises and so many hardships that Americans are facing right now, Congress is focused like a laser on uh, moving the left agenda uh, even further. Uh, it, you, get the, you get a sense of panic around here. They have uh, brought a bill uh, forward and uh, introduced it today. It's called the Respect for Marriage Act. It really should be the Disrespect for Marriage Act. And they will bring it to a floor vote tomorrow, which is an unbelievable speed to bring something forward. And yes, as you say, it would seek to codify uh, the Windsor and Obergefell decisions by which the Supreme Court tried to redefine marriage, as you recall, uh, and try to redefine it in law. I, I, I must have missed something somewhere, Kana, because uh, we were always told that it's Republicans that are always pushing the social issues and uh, all of this stuff. It's, it's that the Republicans focused on abortion. It's the Republicans focused on, on uh, marriage. Um, did I miss something? Uh, no, I think uh, someone hears the clock ticking. Someone's looking forward to the midterms in November. 
Well, certainly this is not going to help when you see where the American people are right. on this issue. So we have a uh, we have a link on the website, TonyPerkins.com, uh, that will take you over to uh, a page where you can contact your member of Congress and tell them not to redefine a marriage. Now, the Republican Party, uh, Kane, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I'm not because I helped write it, but the Republican Party platform in 2016, the year after the Supreme Court decision, uh, is very clear on this issue and where the Republican Party stands. Yeah, it's absolutely right, Tony. The Republican Party platform is very, very clear that uh, in the recognition of natural marriage, marriages between one man and one woman. Uh, you know, um, a very good friend of mine who came to this country uh, as a legal immigrant many, many years ago uh, and served in our armed forces, uh, downloaded that platform and called me very excitedly, having no idea about our role, your role in that. And I uh, said, this is the most conservative platform that the Republican Party has put out since 1948. He had been looking at them since 1948. Uh, the GOP platform has been very clear as, uh, as to the definition of marriage. And um, there's really... It's also very clear about the, the role of the family in supporting children. Um, we have seen so many examples recently of uh, adults putting their desires before the needs of children. And uh, I'm proud to say that the GOP platform uh, goes against that. Yep. And, uh, and President, uh, former President Trump embraced that party platform as well. Kena Gonzalez, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, giving, us that, giving us that update. And, folks, again, go to TonyPerkins.com. We've got a link under the episode resources where you can contact your member of Congress. As Kane has said, this vote could uh, is probably going to take place tomorrow, so you need to act quickly and contact your member of Congress. This is one where it's especially important if you have a Republican member uh, that you communicate with them that you want them to adhere, adhere to the, bar, the party platform on this issue, that uh, marriage, natural marriage, is between a man and a woman. doesn't matter what the court says as we've seen with Roe v. Wade, that was thrown onto the ash heap of history as a result of justices looking at the Constitution. All right, uh, switching gears here to the issue of education. We were talking earlier about the Title IX rules that were promulgated last week by the Biden administration. Well, last year, they put out this Dear Colleague letter that we were talking about with General Knudsen from Montana. The two are connected and that if the one goes down, the one that the judge put a pause on on Friday, that could have implications for the larger rule, which is sweeping in its reach. Joining me now to talk about this and more is Meg Kilgannon. Meg, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Tony. All right. Uh, before we get to that, I want to just something cr- came across my uh, desk. You know, all of this, these billions and billions of dollars that were earmarked for COVID relief and, uh, you know, that has caused a lot of the inflation problem that we have. You know, a lot of this was just thrown at the schools uh, so that they could open their doors. You know, they're supposed to put new filtration systems and, and, and I guess, mask. And, uh, and what we've found out, they've actually been masking other activities <laughs> that undermine the very moral health of our children. Tell us about it. Well, in Arizona, you had a situation where the, um, the the director of the Department of Education there for the entire state, and if memory serves, we have a Republican governor in Arizona, yeah, yeah. and it would it would make sense to me that he probably rep- appointed this person who's done this. Um, speaking of holding our Republican legislators to the you know feet to the fire on things, um, she, she's funded from the COVID relief money a, a classroom library project by one of the teachers there in Arizona. Now, this is a library that 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 is going to be in the the teacher's classroom. This isn't the library in the school that will benefit all the students. This is the library in the classroom for use while you're in the classroom. So that means the students so the wouldn't parents, be taking these books right. home, and, and right? And the parents won't know about them. And the parents won't know what they've been reading. And anybody who's been through the young adult section at Barnes & Noble knows that the collection of books that are on offer there are very dark. They uh, often have occult themes, and they are this content is highly sexualized. So... Um, that that seems to be the theme that they're going for with this book purchase. COVID money. 
going to purchase these LGBTQ books that will be hidden in classrooms to further poison the minds of uh, children. Okay, let's uh, switch gears going back to the issue of the Title IX rules that were promulgated last week. Uh, There is a period until, I think, September the 12th. Yes, we're in the 60-day comment period right now. And so um, there are groups that have comment portals up, and we we are going to be having a comment portal open at the end of August. For, the, for our folks to comment. We're going to have to comment on uh, uh, many different problems with this with this 700-page um, right. rule. There's the issue of um, the fact that they define sex to mean sexual orientation and gender identity. We know that that's not what 1972, on the basis of sex, meant in the minds of the folks who were voting on this at the time. They meant male or female, right. man or woman. I mean, obvious. Obviously. Um, so we'll have a comment on that. We They are going to redefine pregnancy to include preg- and pregnancy and pregnancy-related conditions to include the termination of a pregnancy. So they're including a definition of pregnancy that means abortion. So what would the implications of that be? The, that would mean that a student could claim that her Title IX rights were being violated if she were not offered um, abortifacient drugs, um, the a Plan B in the um, college uh, bathrooms, et would cetera, Would this apply to high schools? It could absolutely apply to high schools. And with... Um, school-based health clinics becoming more and more in vogue, um, that's absolutely something that parents should be very worried so, about. So this looks like a coming collision uh, between states, and, uh, just on this one issue alone, uh, not to mention the, the women's sports that we were talking about earlier. I mean, th- this is directly putting states in a position of losing federal money if they do not comply with the heavy hand of the federal government. Yes, and as the Montana Attorney General so eloquently explained, they are doing this, they are promulgating this rule on a false interpretation of the Bostock decision Mm -hmm. that explicitly was written in the decision that it does not apply to Title IX. And so what does the Biden administration's Department of Education do as the first order of business before they can even write this 700-page rule? Right. They do the they colleague do letter. do the dear colleague letter. Right. To but, but didn't I hear somewhere if you repeat a lie often enough, people will believe it? <laughs> I think you did hear that somewhere, yeah. yes. I mean, that's what we're talking about. They're, they're taking everything they can and running with it. Now, here's... Here's the reason I think this is important, and you were at the Department of Education and the Trump administration. These rules, to reverse these rules, are very difficult yes. right, once they're in place. But not only is it difficult from a procedural process, but once you have jurisdictions doing this right. to get them to, in, in fact, some of them are like bra rabbit. They they want to be thrown into this, exactly. and so they, they actually like the fact that they're doing it uh, because you have so much of this uh, liberal ideology in our school system. But to change course four years, two years from now, of course it would take two years just to change the rules, four years, six years from now would be extremely difficult. Yes. Well, the the, the uh, Department of Education under Donald Trump issued rules on, related to Title IX, and they are the first thing they did when they walked in was start rewriting those rules. So and how um, long did that take? It didn't take them very long because, <laughs> well, for a lot of reasons, um, due to a a more cooperative civil service <laughs> that greets that a Democrat administration as opposed right. to a Republican administration, um, but. The the real danger in this Title IX rule is the harm that it is going to bring to children, especially women and girls, when you interpret sex to mean gender identity. It's just irresponsible. And people who have these erroneous ideas about the human person really shouldn't be in charge of children. I mean, there's there's harm in a multitude of ways. I mean, we're actually talking physical harm. We've already seen this in, in Virginia, right. uh, where this debate was going on, where we saw uh, girls being uh, assaulted in, pub- in the restrooms in right. the schools. But then you have 
I mean, how many girls will forego sports uh, as a result of this? Sure, they they will. Some some girls will say, "Well, why should I even try? I I I can't compete against the boys. I, I have I have brothers at home. I know that they can run faster than I can. You know, or whatever the sport is. Why why should I even bother to try? And that is absolutely the opposite of the original intention of Title IX, which was to provide equal educational opportunities regardless of your sex. Yeah. Now, I, I know that sports has been a, a big focus. It's something that, I mean, we're a, kind of a sports-driven culture, me not so much so. I mean, <laughs> I, I played sports all through high school, appreciate sports, all of that. But, I mean, I think there's there's other issues. I, I'd like to see people more concerned about other issues, but they're concerned about the sports. But I think it's been an attention grabber because people have seen this and they've said, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. And so then they've taken a, a maybe a more cl- a closer look at the whole situation. And, you know, we've got the pronoun issues. We've got the bathroom issues. I mean, we're seeing a historic wave of activism as a result of this nonsense. Well, when people really contemplate what it means for college athletes who are swimming at the University of Pennsylvania to have to dress and undress for swim meets in the presence of an intact biological male, that really tends to clarify the situation for a lot of people. Yeah. And this is going to happen in lower grades as well if these rules go through in the administration. I thought schools were a place where people were supposed to learn. Yes. <laughs> and and not, not show and tell. I'm not talking about that time. I mean, they're supposed to be <laughs> education. Reading, writing, the basics, and we fall further and further behind. Um, we, we've got just about a minute left. I, I want to talk about, or I want you to give folks direction because FRC Action has resources available. It's not too late to engage in the process of running for school boards, being involved, uh, finding out what's happening with um, uh, public information requests, find out what's happening in the classroom, like these hidden books in classrooms. Right. We need school board members who are going to seek good legal advice, not these false interpretations of Bostock, who are going to make good decisions with the public interests and, and in children's interests. So at frcaction.org slash schools, we have resources there for you uh, if you're interested in running for office. Um Pray about it. Yeah, we've got resource, yeah, resources on how to put a campaign together, uh, all kinds of stuff there uh, for you that can help you in this process. I, my prediction, Meg, is that the midterm election, this 2022 fall election, is going to eclipse what we saw uh, 12 years ago in the uh, midterm election of 2010, where we had the Tea Party. I think now we're going to see uh, mama bears rise up protecting their kids, their children from this, uh, uh, I just, I'm at a loss for words to describe it. Our perspective from a biblical worldview is desperately needed in these spaces. We can't, we can't leave the arena. Yeah. Meg, thanks for joining us. For having me. And folks, thank you for joining us as well. And once again, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything, you can do. When you've prayed, you've prepared, and you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.